Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is Sunday, May 29th. Time is 1400 hours and joining me as always is Al, aka Big Daddy Prep. How are you doing, Al? I am fine. I am froggy fine today on a beautiful Sunday. Wonderful day. I'm good. Awesome. And we have a special guest today, one of our our people in our TikTok prepper community. Uh, Prepped and prepared, welcome in. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I'm happy that you are here. Uh, and guys, just FYI, I am recording outside today, so if you hear the birds in the background and stuff like that, it's a beautiful day. I didn't want to waste it sitting inside. Nope. Nice. I'll okay, so since, we, so since we got prepped and prepared here, do you want us to refer to you as that, or do you want us to use your name? How do you prefer to be addressed? You can just call me Carson. Call you Carson. All right. So for those of you guys that don't know, Carson has a uh, TikTok handle prepped and prepared, just over, I th- believe, 60,000 followers over there. And does a lot of canning and food preservation content, a well with some other prepper content as well. Um, so just to just to jump right into this, Carson, can you tell us why you feel food preservation is so important for prepping? Yeah, I can. Thank you so much. Um, in my opinion, I think food preservation is probably one of the most important skills a prepper needs to have. And I would even argue before growing food, because what's the point of having food and growing food if you do not know how to store it? Um, If you know how to grow food and store it, you become unstoppable. Um, Personally, in my opinion, you're able to save more money that way. It's very convenient. Just, Just going down the line, I just think it's a really, really good skill to have. And this is a skill I have not acquired yet. Um, Al, do you do any canning? <laughs> yes, I do. I do some canning. I do all kind of pre- preserving, although I'm not nearly as good as Carson is. I mean, this is actually her her forte. And I want you to know, Carson, when I started out on TikTok and I was searching out different preppers and things, your page came up on mine. How I did, I don't know. But I was impressed of your age because you're a young lady. I'm 53. I'm an old man. A uh, young lady <laughs> your age knew how to do these things and was able to teach and show and you have blossomed so much but i do some canning but i learn a lot from carson that's a fact i mean when you're older and you're more experienced you can learn from other preppers so when you think you can't learn something well you you need you need to do some self-checking because she teaches a lot thank you awesome and carson something i never got to ask you before and it may be on your page and maybe i just missed the video but who got you into this yeah, so um, my great-grandmother canned. She did not pressure can, but she was the president of the farmer's market where we are from. And so she canned a lot of jams and jellies and fruits. And so I, I kind of had a background in knowing about it a little bit. But as COVID hit, 
um, I really wanted to get even more into food preservation and whatnot. So me and my best friend started doing research on it and it turned out I had some friends in the community that I'm a part of who are older women who have just canned their entire lives. So they sat down with us and they taught us how to do it. And from that time on, uh, I just canned every single day. I canned anything I could get my hands on. I just wanted to learn everything I could about it. And so I've just been canning for years at this point and I just love it. It's, it's a fun hobby I have. Very, very cool. Um, so I know you get asked this question a lot, like a lot. I see this in your lives. Everybody asks this question. But for our listeners out there, uh, what would you recommend that they can first? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Whatever you will eat and whatever scares you. If you follow my page, or there's a few other really good canners on TikTok, um, if you just follow a tutorial and follow the recipe, do what scares you because then it's out of the way and then you're good to go. So uh, for a lot of people, for some reason, it's meat. They, they're they scared of pressure canning meat. They're scared that it may go bad. They, they're scared their canner might blow up. They're scared um, they'll make their family sick. It's If you follow the rules or if you follow you know, how somebody teaches you, it's very unlikely that that will happen. And um, you'll get to have that fear out of the way and you'll feel like you're on top of the world and you're like, you're, I promise you, you'll be like, I want to can everything. What can I not can so that I can everything else? <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a good question. That was going to be something else I wanted to ask Ness, but I saw Al just unmuted. What's up, Al? You got something you want to add into that? Well, I just wanted to stress out there that anyone that is a prepper or has a prepper community, that if you don't have someone in your community that knows how to to store food for long storage, whether it be canning or salting or smoking or whatever, especially Carson, she's a canner. If you don't have somebody in your community like that, you're gonna be in you're gonna be in sorry shape. I mean, people need to recruit someone that knows how to do this into their community, at least one person, because food preservation is huge. And I didn't realize the things that could be canned until I started watching Carson. And there's a couple others that are on TikTok that are great canners. And as I watch them, I'll go, my God, I didn't know you could can that. I mean, mm. I, I mean, you see it canned in cans, but I'm like, my God, you know, like the can in the milk. When Carson did the can in the milk, that just blew me away. You know, I, it's 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 astounding the things that you can. But what I my question to you was about all the things that you can. What is the hardest thing, and where did you fail the biggest? And you go, oh, I, hold on, I got to research this because, you know, they're failures. We all fail at everything when we try the first yeah. time. Yeah. So first I want to preface for people who are watching, I identify as something called a rebel canner. That is a canner who has moved outside of the USDA standards. If you are a beginner canner, I highly suggest you learn the USDA rules first. And I always say learn the rules first so you know how to break them properly. And I highly suggest people do their own research. So a lot of people outside of America, almost every single person outside of America, um, does not follow USDA standards. They water bath everything. Um, the Amish rebel can. A lot of old timers will rebel, rebel can. And I say that because you brought up the canning milk. Canning milk is a rebel canning recipe. A lot of people, the USDA does not recommend that because they have had not, not had the funds to test that for themselves. So they say, we cannot recommend that because we haven't tested it ourselves. However, you find canned milk in the store. Um, it's been done for centuries. Um, everybody outside of the U.S. basically does it. So I highly suggest for learning rebel canning recipes, 
um, having somebody to teach you. I have a course coming out in a month that will be teaching uh, and touching on that so that people have the confidence to be able to do that. But you said, what is the hardest thing I've ever canned? Right now, I am working really hard on bread. There are certain breads you can can. <laughs> you're, can you're able and capable of canning. Um, however, if you're a rebel canner, there's a lot of really cool white breads that a lot of people have been canning. And I still haven't gotten the hang of it, but I'm slowly learning. And I think that tends to lean more towards my needing to perfect bread making before <laughs> before canning it. And so that's probably the hardest thing I'm working on right now. Is there anything that you recommend not to can? Like, is there like one item where you're just like, don't can it either because it's too difficult or it's just like a waste of a can or preservation side of that? Yes. So um, when... As a rebel canner, there's kind of a saying, it's anything can be canned, it's just probably shouldn't. And a lot of things like that are like watery vegetables like squash or greens. Um, a lot of people don't prefer the way they taste and the texture after they're canned. Um, so I always recommend dehydrating those or freezing those because they tend to do better that way than canned. Um, so on a basis of like, mm, you might want to experiment if you like the texture. If you don't like the texture, there's no point in canning it. Another thing would be a lot of people will can water to have sterile water. And that's great. But if you do, if you need your meat preserved and you have an extra jar, there is a jar shortage right now. I would recommend doing your meat before you would do extra water because you can always rotate your water out right now. Um, what else? that's that's my opinion is if you if it's a texture or taste thing you don't like or if it's like it might go better canning something else because there's a jar shortage hey preppers do you want 10 percent off survival food go to www.readywise.com and use code doom 10 at checkout for 10 percent off all your survival food needs again that's code doom 10 at checkout at readywise.com D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. So now when you say like squash and, and leafy uh, leafy greens, things like that, just off the top of your head, is there like a list you could give us um, of things that listeners should avoid like that? Yeah, I can. Um, so basically my, my rule of thumb is greens. They can be. A lot of people just don't prefer them. Um, or a vegetable that is very watery. So squash, um, leeks, cucumbers, celery, watermelon, things like that. When you, when you talk about things like that, they can be canned. You can definitely do it, but they just turn out better dehydrated. So things with a lot of a high water content. Now I'm like, I'm like thinking like in my head about the, uh, about like the watermelon, I'm assuming like something like that, maybe it would be better to make like a jam out of and then like water bath maybe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you can, you can make a jam out of it. I prefer to dehydrate it because then it becomes like watermelon candy. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to try that. I've never had you dehydrated I'll watermelon have to make, before. I have, I'll have I to make you some and send you some. <laughs> yeah, or, or that. I'll, I'll look for it in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a question I have, you know, I mean, you're a young lady. You're 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 definitely a young lady. Okay, thanks. Do you have a pro Do you have a problem with with people and older people not wanting to listen or not wanting to take your advice because of the fact that you are younger? I mean, I never I never equated knowledge with age. 
I mean, yes, you become more knowledgeable as you get older, but just because someone's young doesn't mean they're not knowledgeable. So do you ever have a problem with that? Do people ever say, oh, hold on, man, she don't know nothing, or, or she's too young to know anything better? What do you know about that? Do you ever have that problem? Because mm -hmm. I, I could see that could be a, an issue, you know, with age. You know, if I'm being completely honest, that used to bother me when I was even younger than I am now. That used to really bother me. I um, have taught classes and I've kind of been in leadership positions since I've been a very young, like preteen. Um, I'm really active in my church and I have been leading worship and teaching classes and all that since I was 12. So I'm used to being the youngest kid on the block. Um, it used to really bother me when people would kind of default and kind of be like, mm, she's young. But if I'm being perfectly honest, that's on them. I have to, I know what I'm about. I know who I am as a person. I know what my knowledge capabilities are. And um, I'm, I'm proud of where I've come. I don't have a problem with it anymore, simply because that says more about the person who's not teachable and not humble and doesn't have the humility to be willing to learn no matter who the teacher is and no matter what differences that person has that would in my opinion that's like me not being willing to learn um, from you or jester if you have a different set of political beliefs than i do or a different socioeconomic status or a different sexuality um preference that's silly to me i want to be able to be wise enough to know that hey if i don't have a skill set I need to be teachable and humble enough to go to somebody who is and who has multiple people singing their praises and say, yeah, that's the person I need to learn from. Um, at the end of the day, though, it doesn't bother me if somebody feels that way. It, uh, you're very, go ahead. You're very knowledgeable beyond your years. There's no question about that, Carson. There's nobody. I can't say a soul could ever question your knowledge on topic because when you. you when you do something, you're you're. I, that's one thing I am impressed with is certain people that that have pages and have TikToks. Some people don't really know what they're talking about, and you can kind of tell. But then when a person really knows all the ins and outs, that's impressive to me. So I'm gonna shut up and leave y'all alone. I know Jester's got another question for you, but I am impressed with you. I, I'll be honest with you. Thank you so much. I have a passion for learning. So, yeah, uh, one question I do have, and I want to get this out of out of the way real quick for our listeners. So, guys, it is 2022. Cans identify as non-binary, and they do not have a political affiliation. So it doesn't matter what <laughs> side of the aisle you're on or, or what you identify as. You can now, can. now there's small mouth and large mouth. Small mouth and large mouth. Ah, Hold on. What you identify as? Small mouth, large mouth. Okay. <laughs> Um, so Carson, what, it, what do you think, uh, if you had to put a number together in your head, if somebody is brand new and they're just getting into this, what would the startup cost be? Do you think? Well, it just depends on their willingness, uh, for canning, how much they want to can and what type of canning they want to do. If they don't want to do very much canning and, um, they just want to do some jams, jelly, salsa, things like that, um, and all they want to do is water bath, all they really need is a big pot. You don't need a fancy canner for that. You just need a big pot, a kitchen towel to put on the bottom of your pot, and some jars and some food. So that's very, very minimal. You could find all of that at the thrift store. You can find all of that on Facebook Market. You can be Some people will beg you to take that kind of stuff. Um, however, if you want to get into canning larger quantities or you're wanting to do pressure canning, pressure canning is typically for things like meat, vegetables, um, soups, stews, things like that. You'll need a pressure canner and you can also find those on Facebook market and estate sales. You can find a way to get around the cost right now. They're about the cheapest I've seen is at the Amish online store and it is $130 on Amazon. They're upwards of 150 to 180 for larger ones. 
for a smaller pressure canner, they're about $80. Um, like I said, you can get around that cost by finding it secondhand. Um, you just need to buy replacement parts and have it tested at your local extension office or even the fire station will test it for you. Um, and then you have jars. Jars are about mm, 10 to $12 a case, depending on your location, unless you get them secondhand. But other than that, that's about your initial cost. Um, and over time, it is, a, it is a larger upfront investment, but over time you will be saving money because you'll get to reuse your jars and you'll have your pressure canner for the rest of your life if you take care of it. Very cool. Very cool. And then another question I had that I think the listeners probably want to know is what do you recommend for storage of these items? Like after something's been canned, how do you store these things to ensure a good shelf life? So when you store your jars, you after they cool for 24 hours, a lot of people recommend you remove the rings. The reason why is, is if you do not remove the rings, um, it could cause something called a false seal. So if you have a bad seal and the lid pops off of the jar and that ring is still on there, it could force it back down and cause it to fake seal and you will not have known that air got in and could possibly spoil your food. So a lot of people first off recommend rings off and then a dark place because sun um, breaks down your food. And then when it comes to temperature, you want it as stable of a temperature as possible. You don't want it freezing temperatures and you don't want it super, super hot. You want it as stable as you can get and you don't want fluctuation in those temperatures. The reason why is if you're constantly fluctuating your temperatures, it could pop your jars or um, cause earlier decay of your food inside. Very cool. Very cool. And another question I had too was what is, uh, being that you're so like, this is like your industry, like you were the guru with this. And I know you help <laughs> a lot of people with this. What is a common mistake you see a lot of people make? A common mistake I see is, hmm, that's a great question. Either being too scared to start, like they were too scared to start or, um, they don't follow the process correctly. There is a process that happens and um, if you don't follow that correctly, it kind of just makes your makes everything a little wonky and it just kind of messes stuff up. It's there's it's really hard to get wrong. If you're following your recipe and you are keeping everything clean and you actually do it, you're not just letting it sit in the box for a few months. Um, it's really hard to mess this up. It's very easy. I, I, know if I can do it. You can do it. Jab at me. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I would have said your name. <laughs> so for those of you that don't so know Carson, I, I have everything oh, to can i'm just not canning yet i'm putting it off why yeah i just just not it's not fear it's just time it's just time i've just been running around mm. like a crazy person i haven't had the time yet yeah you should make time i'm working on it good what were you Go saying Al? <laughs> well i was wondering you said you did classes and you said that you teach people I, I i was wondering how how do you go about doing it do you have an online class do you teach live classes do you do it on i mean yes. how, how do you do it so i i always have videos kind of going through the process i have a few starter videos just to kind of get your feet wet um, i am releasing next month a canning course and it's the it's the big daddy it's the everything you need to know it's how to use it after you've canned how to store what you can can um, rebel canning as a whole it's gonna have recipes in there it's gonna have uh, 
guides. It's going to have everything you need to teach you how to can with confidence, to make sure you're not going to make your family sick or your food's not going to go bad. It's going to give you and empower you the confidence to be able to do it that day. And that's my, that's what I want to do. That way people can click a link. They can have it for the rest of their lives. They can go through it. They can have printouts. They can have recipes in the process just to stick on their fridge if that's what they want. And I'm going to make it as, if, since I can't be there with you in person, I'm going to work my hardest to make sure that I am there online with you. So it feels like I'm right there giving you the confidence and giving you the steps so that you don't feel alone in doing this. I got a great name for that. <laughs> what is it? Carson's Canning with Confidence. I love that. You know, I am working on naming it Canning with Confidence. So Carson's Canning <laughs> with Confidence. That sounds good. I would buy that book. I would buy that book. Justin, would you buy the book? I would buy that book. Matter of fact, put me down for one right now. If I had time to read it, yes, I'd absolutely buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, because, because we are a prepper show, there is another question I had too. Um, yes, sir. And I haven't seen anybody talk about it. I haven't seen anybody do it. Could you do canning on an open fire? Is that something that's even possible? Yes. Yeah, it's rebel canning. But yes, yes, you can. I don't show my first, my, my favorite canner online because the whole bottom is completely black from open uh, flame canning. Yes, you can. It's easier to water bath over an open flame because it's easier to keep water boiling than to keep your heat completely steady the entire time to make sure that your pressure does not fluctuate. But it can be done. Yes. So like, uh, let's say that you're in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, you're kind of off grid, it's the summertime, it's still hot out, you don't want to get the stove hot in the house, you could you could build a fire outside and do this outside then? Yes, you could. I do not recommend it for beginners. I think you should probably have a, a handle on what you're doing and kind of know the signs. Um, you could also, a lot of people use camp stoves, um, propane burner camp stoves, especially when, so when me and my friends in the summer have a million pounds of something to can we'll all get together outside and have uh camp burners and we'll just line up canners <laughs> and we'll just get everything going and just do hundreds and hundreds of jars at one time um and so you're able to do that you are able to do it open flame but i do i really recommend people learning the skill as soon as possible so that they get a handle on it if you don't do it correctly and the heat is not dispersed enough it could possibly you know, make your canner explode. So you need to have a handle on what you're doing. Gotcha. So a very well-controlled fire. Yes, sir. Okay. Now I know that you are, you know, you're talking about doing the classes online, things like that. I, I just, do you want to plug your Patreon? Cause I know that that's something that you got in the works. Oh, I mean, sure. I do have a Patreon. It's going to expire in July. The reason for making it is I wanted to sift through the people who were really interested in prepping and really interested in canning, and they are getting a special deal on my canning course um, so that I can get some good feedback and reviews to make sure that it's exactly what everybody needs. Um, so it is going away in two months, um, but I mean, there's still time if you want to get deeper into prepping and canning. Very cool. And Carson, I would just, you know, just as a friendly recommendation, are you putting any of this content on YouTube? Because you probably should be. I am. I'm working on moving to YouTube and Instagram. It'll be prepped and prepared. Um, I'm moving to as many as I can, uh, social medias as I can, because you know how TikTok is. And sometimes things go wild and you get banned, even if it, you didn't meet, you didn't need to be banned. Right. So yeah. I want to make sure I can be found as easy as possible. Cause it's really important to me that I help people learn skills, especially food preservation. 
Totally agree with you. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let you guys have this for a second. I, my kids are running around. Uh, I'll be, I'm going to mute myself. I'll be right back, but I'm going to let you guys have this for a minute. Okay. Okay. Carson, I'm just wondering about this. You know, the whole canning industry has, you know, I mean, everybody's decided to start canning because they're prepping now. So, I mean, everybody's decided they want to prep. Prepping has become, um, it's become the, the vogue thing to do now. So, are we seeing a lot of lack of supplies? I mean, I'm hearing that, you know, that, that it's hard to find jars and lids and this and that. Do you have any recommendations for people where they can find things at or, or, or you know, alternatives? Because people can't just lay their hands on things like they did five years ago. I mean, the supply yes. chain has come to a creeping halt. So do you have any recommendations? Because I know if anybody was going to have any, you would. Hmm. Yes, sir, I do. Um, there is an aluminum shortage right now, so that's why the lids and the rings are hard to find, and there is a jar shortage. My main recommendation is whenever you see lids, get, get as many as you can. Um, you don't necessarily need as many rings. The reason why is because you can reuse those rings as long as they aren't rusty. You can just reuse them. For jars, I recommend if you don't have them at your Walmart or your tractor supply or your Ace Hardware, check out estate sales thrift stores um, and auctions you can usually find them for a steal there um, especially when it's like people who just had them as decoration or they don't know much about them or it's somebody who the the person who did all the canning sadly um, passed away and the family just needs to you know move on with their stuff um, you can usually find really good deals there facebook marketplace right. as well right you know i got uh, i have a i have a question go ahead go ahead just i'm sorry Okay, so I was really curious. What um, I hear a lot of people in the canning world talk about botulism, right? Yes, sir. And I, I'm really wondering how common is, of a threat could that be, and what are mistakes that could lead to it? And again, what would you do to prevent that? Yes. So botulism is kind of the big boogeyman in canning and food preservation. A lot of people are scared about it. And one way to relieve fear about it, and we'll talk about it in my canning course, is to understand it. You need to understand how it happens. And that way you know how to prevent it, as well as if it is in your jars, how to, how to kill it. Um, it is not a common thing at all. It is very rare. And if you look at the CDC website and all the websites that have done um, the polls to see how many um, cases there's actually been, I forget the exact numbers, but there's been very, very few cases in the last 70 years. And they also included a big batch of prison hooch that killed people. They also include fermented, I believe, deer antler tea and fermented fish white sauce or white fish that have been um, all home preserved and fermented. All of that went with canning. So the numbers are a little in, you know, a little wrong when it comes to um, reporting them, but it's very, very rare. Also, you are able to prevent it when you use common sense and when you make sure everything is clean, um, all of your food is, you know, cooked and clean or um, processed correctly. It also can be prevented by boiling your food for 10 minutes after you've opened it in the jar and killed if um, the spores are in there. You'd you just broke my heart because I was just fixing to go in there and can up some hooch and, and deer antlers. And now I don't, I don't know what to do now, Carson. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> I, 
I just got the hooch out and everything. I had the deer antlers all soaking in there. I, damn it. Uh, you ruined my day now. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry to disappoint. That's all right. Yeah, uh, I know. I want I'll, some I'll of that go. hooch antler tea you're making. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, but I, 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 now I'm wondering all about whether I should do the beaver tail and, and, and cranberries in there. I don't know. I, I, I feel like a damn fool now. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> Okay, so another another question I have about the canning thing, though. So I see, like, my big interest with canning is making ready-made meals, right? Like having, yes. like, a, a deer stew or something like that. Is there any, like, no-nos? Like, you don't want to can this with this one particular thing? Mm. Uh, a lot of people will recommend against canning with flour or cornstarch. Um, it makes it too dense. You can't really um, guarantee... Um, the heat dispersion through your food. Of course, if you're a rebel canner, you know, you have ways around that. Um, but other than that, it's basically your preference. So a lot of people don't necessarily like to can their carrots in their deer stew. Because when you do that, whenever you have a stew or something that has multiple ingredients, you always can for the longest amount of time of the ingredients. So meat would take the longest in that whole stew. So you would can for meat times. And that will probably turn your carrots into complete mush. So a lot of them would can their carrots separately. That's all based on preference. And most of that you can't um, know until you've tried it personally just to see how you like it. Other than that, not really. Okay, that, that makes sense. I understand like canning for the long time and you, you would basically be overcooking the other things that are in there. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And then you also brought up, uh, you know, if the lids, lids get rusty, don't use them, things like that. What is there? Is there a recommended cleaning method for this stuff? Or, or is there something that you would want to totally avoid to use to clean these items? Good question. I personally would not use vinegar. I do wipe my rims with vinegar, but then I dry, let them dry before I put my lids on. Um, other than that, because that would that would break down the metal and the, and the rubber seal around the lid. Other than that, soap and water. People, there's a lot of people that will sterilize their jars by boiling them before use. A lot of people will rebel do it and sterilize them in the dishwasher. There's some people who say, you know what, I'm pressure canning. It's just like an autoclave. It's going to sterilize everything, so I'm just going to wash it with soap and water. So that's all based up to preference, but anything like vinegar I wouldn't recommend. Gotcha. Okay, that make that makes perfect sense. And I know we talked before about having uh, backup parts for your canners, uh, seals and gauges and things like that. Is there like you know, say it's doomsday, it's the apocalypse. Do you think there's a good number for seals and gauges that someone maybe should have on hand? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people who have never changed their seal and they've never had a problem. They will just lubricate it with um, cooking oil before they can, and it's perfectly fine. Um, I know that the USDA recommends that your parts be replaced every two and a half years, two to two and a half years. I like to always have a handful on like the seals. I like to ha have a handful. Um, if you have a dial gauge, which is just a number to tell you how, what pressure you're at. I like to have a couple of those um, on hand. Um, and then I always like to have extra weights. That's what brings your whole canner up to pressure, whether it's a normal weight and you don't, it doesn't have any kind of, um, control on it, or if it's a weighted weight that won't let your pressure go to above a certain pressure. Um, I like to always have a variety of those and a couple of those. Yeah. Hmm. 
So I didn't. Hmm. I didn't know that there was different weights. I didn't know that was a thing. How about an antique canner? Uh, I, if you have an antique canner, I would take it to either your local extension office or your fire station. And after replacing all of the parts, I would replace those parts. I would have them mm-hmm. test it because the main problem people have when it comes to blowing up their canners is a broken vintage canner. Um, like if you have those dial gauges, the, the numbers that tell you where you're at, if those get bumped, it will mess up. And then if you have the weight that doesn't control the pressure, um, it, you could go up over pressure and it could cause your um, canner to explode. Um, right. So I highly yeah. recommend if you have them, get them tested. It's free to get them tested and people are more than happy to get them tested, uh, to test them for you. Um, and you have the peace of mind of knowing that, you know, you have ex- new parts. You're not going to blow up your kitchen. <laughs> it's, you know. Right, right. So I yeah. don't want to blow up Big Daddy. I'll be honest with you. I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy a new one, but I, I have an antique one that I bought because, you know, it was worth way more than I gave for it. But then I got to thinking, I don't know if I want to use this or not. I might find out first before I use it. So Yeah, you I'll totally could. I would just one. replace the parts. Yeah. I would just replace the parts. But that is awesome that you have that. So uh, another question for you, Carson. Given what we're seeing in mm-hmm. today's climate and being that you've been involved with this for, for years now, are you seeing an uptick in this? Are you seeing like a like a uh, movement for people that want to do this kind of food preservation? Yes, yes. Um, I think a lot of us have seen a movement towards self-sufficiency and homesteading. And canning just and food preservation just kind of goes hand in hand with that. If you have all of this food from your garden, if you have all of this meat from, you know, animals you've raised, it's a little bit hard to stuff all of that into a freezer and hope for the best. Um, so I do see a lot of people really getting into food preservation. I think it will probably be um, a movement for a lot of people and people will fall by the wayside. And if uh, the world takes a little bit longer to go to a pot and grits hit the fan, I think some people will just kind of be like, oh, it was just a phase. It's just a fad. But I think it's really going to stick for a lot of people. I'm really excited that my generation, there, there is a hand of my generation and your generation that is uh, – picking this back up and saying, you know what, we need to dust off this skill and we need to learn it for ourselves because um, we can't depend on anybody but ourselves. Gotcha. And then, Carson, I have a I question that, that I have to totally. sneak in on you here. Okay. Something we don't get to talk about on the TikTok. Okay. I want to know, know if Carson can shoot. I want to know what Carson's got in the gun safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well... Me and my sister are known as the best shooters in our family. Uh, I grew up with the nickname Henry. My first deer I shot was, uh, I think I was 12 or 13. And I dropped her where she was. And my papa does not give compliments. But when me and him found that deer, he said, that's about the best shot I've ever seen. And I know he was probably just being sweet. But I'm, I'm known for being a very good shot. Um, I do enjoy my Rudy Tootie point and shooties very much, but I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert yet. I have so much to learn. I have, I still oh, have so much a, to learn. There's always more to learn. None of us are experts. There's <laughs> always more to learn. <laughs> but I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. So I got, and I got to ask since we're on right. the gun topic, what's your, right. what's your favorite daily carry piece? <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, I, I carry, uh, I carry a Springfield XDS 45. Oh, you carry a 45? I, I carry a Canon, yes. 
<laughs> Holy shit. Carson's <laughs> total package. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Go ahead, Al. I know you got something you want to say, bud. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I got a question. I just I gotta know. Okay. Now we know you can, and we know you shoot. Right. But I want to know what what does Carson do? What is your hobby that you do other than cannon? Because I know there's something that you got to be passionate about that you do other than just cannon. Because we've <laughs> talked cannon now. We want to see the other side. Oops. Well, I love to prep. I love all those types of skills, whether it's learning my herbs and medicines. I love foraging. I love hunting. I love fishing. Um, Apart from prepping, I love music. I play the piano. I play the ukulele. Um, everybody in my family kind of has an instrument, so I really enjoy singing and playing music. Other than that, just prepping and everything related. See, we don't get to see that on the TikTok, no, so, you know, we don't get to see that part, that <laughs> side of you. So that's what we're trying to do, pull that side out. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I'll have to make some more videos. That that's awesome, Carson. I didn't I didn't know there was so much more to you than just canning. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad because you know I love to can, but there's so much more in this world. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just right. like I I just didn't picture Carson like out deer hunting. Really? No, I did. That's awesome. I did. Thanks, I can kind of see it. I can, <laughs> I can kind of see it from a distance, but I can see it. Yeah. We, I didn't we see the 45, though, Jester. I'll be honest with you. I see, <laughs> I see maybe a 40 cow, something like that, but I didn't see a 45. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So Carson's rolling around with there God's go. round there in her go. pocket. Jeez. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Everything in Texas is yeah. bigger. Yep. God, wow, that's awesome. I mean, I carry a 45 yep. long colt. You know, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Here I am, the little and guy. I, think, I, I carry, just, I carry just a 40 cow. Hey, whatever stops them, Al. Yeah, I think, I think I got a, I think I got a signal issue today more than anything. But no, I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna get off here and I'm gonna mute for a minute because I think I'm having a signal. I think we, I think we lost Al. Uh, he muted himself to try oh, to, yeah, okay. to bring the signal back up. Yeah, Al, I just wanted to let you know that, like, we're not talking over you. There's just a – we have a little bit of a delay today. So I just want to let you know we're, we're not being rude and talking over you. That's all. Um, so, yeah, so, Carson, you possess a lot of skills outside of the realm of just canning. That's awesome. I'm happy I'm getting to know some of this information now, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset I never asked these questions to you before since we do communicate outside of the TikTok. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Yeah, so I and I gotta ask too. Once again, prepper podcast. What's a big new prep thing you're working on at the moment? Hmm. Let me think. I'm working on. I'm reading through that book, The Lost Ways. I really enjoy that. Um, if if y'all haven't seen it, you should get it. It's got everything in there you need to learn. It's like Prepper's Paradise book. Um, I'm going through there and I'm working on skills there. Um, I'm working now I'm, I'm a gardener. I like to garden. 
I'm not proficient in it yet. So I'm trying to be better at it and I'm working on some experimenting. I have a really cool prepper friend, friend who's in IT and he's super smart and he's 10 times smarter than I will ever be. And he is just awesome. And he is um, doing an experiment with growing food and finding a way to you know, produce more in less space as well as making it hardier and more pest resistant. And he's having a really good, um, he's having a really good go about it. And so he's kind of helping me do my own experimentation with all that. So that's what I'm working on gardening and learning more skills. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's, so a lot of people underestimate having the prepper library and having the books on hand. And I try to preach that a lot, guys have books, have books, have books right? Yes. When the shit hits the fan and there's no more internet to go back and research something, or if you didn't download all Carson's videos about canning, you're going to wish you had that book. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Knowledge is king. Knowledge Ab is king. Absolutely. Yes. I couldn't agree with that more. And, uh, we are coming up on our time frame here. So Al, do you got any final questions for Carson? I didn't know. I'm not a question. I just want to give her a pat on the back. I want to tell her, you know, you're a fine young lady and and I am so impressed with the growth that you made because I remember your first videos and you were kind of shy and you've really come out of that shell. I'm very proud to say that, I, hey, I found you a long time ago. And I, <laughs> I mean, just super, super. And if you haven't checked out her TikTok page, if you haven't checked out her content, you need to because if you're not, you're missing out. That's a fact. Thank you so much. That means oh, a lot coming from you. I want I 100% agree Thank with you. Al and guys if you do want to find Carson on TikTok you look her up at prepped and prepared as her TikTok handle and go on there and start absorbing this information that she has because it's really 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 good content um and also you could find Al on there at big underscore daddy underscore prep and you could find me on there at its at its doomsday podcast 2.0 and guys you really need to be watching Carson and look out for these things that she's got coming up within the Patreon and within the YouTube it's very very cool guys get that knowledge while you can and email us at itsdoomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. One more thing I want to throw out there. Well, actually, two more things I want to throw out there. Um, a lot of you that listen to the uploads on Spotify or Apple or wherever know that we also do a live show. The live show is, my live show is being moved to Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I can no longer do Sundays anymore. But what's really cool about this is when you guys get up Monday morning and you hear this episode, know that we're going to be live the same day later in the day. And if you want to comment on those episodes or come in and listen to what we're doing that night, maybe if we're doing a follow-up or something, all you got to do is get the Podbean app. And the second part of this is if you get that Podbean app, Al does his own podcast on there now as well, live, multiple days a week. Al, what days are you doing your show? Uh, we usually do Monday through Thursday just a, a, a news kind of synopsis of non-mainstream media news. And then on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, we do a couple hours of a topic about 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, so in the, in the evening time. So come join us. It's called the Big Daddy Out Podcast, and, and we just we welcome you in, and we, we, we encourage everybody to listen to It's Doomsday and listen to the Big Daddy Out Podcast. You don't have to pick. We like, we like to have the same people in on both. Absolutely. There, there is no competition here, guys. We're all working together to try to get everybody where they need to be. Right. And with that being said, Carson, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Anything you want the listeners to know or hear? Get prepped. Be prepared. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Yep. And we will catch you guys on next week's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.
is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.